Ma Coco? Aye. For Maui, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're ready to get people back to work. We all have to do our part, and we'll make this happen. Working together. We are ready to work. Ready to serve. All ready. 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 We are ready. For more information, visit makokomoe.com. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, one woman is on an important mission to spread awareness about the dangers of the drug fentanyl. Carmen Cami Velchi joins us to share her personal story with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, Cami. Mm, thank you. Thank you for having me. So now, Cami, this all started with your son. Yes. What happened? Can you tell us about him and what happened? Yes, um, Emilio, he was 19 years old when he passed away. He, um, you know, just Mr. Aloha on, you know, in California, he just brought that spirit with him when we moved out here, made a lot of friends, was very popular. Um, he played basketball for the high school, just all around, you know, loving, happy uh, kid. And, uh, he was having toothache. He was, um, his wisdom teeth were coming out and he was complaining. It was intermittent. And, you know, a 19 year old, if, a there's a pretty girl, he's going to kind of, you know, neglect that for a little bit, or, you know, if he's got things to do or basketball to play. So he would complain about it. And I would say, you know, we need to schedule your surgeon and all of that. And he was like, yeah, you know, I am. Yeah. I feel okay today. You know? So Friday, the Friday before he passed away, he passed away on a Monday, the Friday before he passed away, he was here and uh, he lived with his other two brothers about 10 minutes or less from my house. And he said, mom, you know, we had a long talk about what he was planning for his future and whatnot. And he said, you know, we need to make my appointment. And I said, absolutely. You know, we need to do this. And he said, it just comes and goes, but, you know, and I said, well, our insurance was changing on Monday. And I said, you know, hold off till Monday, come over and we'll make your appointment. And so he uh, did not uh, make it till Monday. He, a coworker uh, sold him what he was told was a Percocet. And something so benign as Percocet, I mean, not that it can't be dangerous, but it's a painkiller and it's been prescribed for years. And so he believed this person that this, he was getting a Percocet 
and he had texted me, you know, over the weekend, mom, my teeth hurt. And for some reason, I did not say anything like take a Tylenol or something. And I said, yeah, I know, you know, it's coming up Monday. So he took the Percocet or the counterfeit Percocet, I should say. And he went home and played video games and passed away. Um, just, uh, you know, passed away on his couch at, at his house. So, which was horrifying, you know, horrifying for us. Um, and, and, you know, and very sad, his brothers found him the next morning. Um, and so it was such a shock to get the phone call, um, from their father and, uh, to tell me that Emilio was gone and we had no clue. Why would this beautiful, wonderful, you know, just smart, vivacious young man um, who had just, you know, had been speaking about going into the Coast Guard. He wanted to fly helicopters. Um, he was uh, looking forward to that. And why is he dead? Um, so they did an investigation. The police responded um, in the manner that they're supposed to. And they looked at it as, you know, what happened? This is not normal. And um, they asked the correct questions and they figured that this was, could be possibly a murder. And so that's how they proceeded with it. it um, and we're, you know, since that day, I have been on a mission to find out, you know, because people were saying overdose, overdose. And I said, how is my son going to overdose? He didn't do drugs. You know, he, he, he took one pill and, you know, fentanyl is so lethal. There's no Percocet in it you know, it was pure fentanyl. There's a little like methamphetamine in it just as a filler, but for the most part, it was pure fentanyl and two milligrams is enough to kill someone. And he had more than that. And so they said, determined that through an autopsy? They have to do a full autopsy and toxicology. And so that's what they did. And um, that's what they found. And in the district attorney in our area took the case and immediately, um, well, not immediately, but quickly um, made an arrest. And uh, they, you know, formally charged the person. And um, however, now with fentanyl being such a crisis and an epidemic in our country, you know, the DEA has really stepped up. And so now my case has gone to the, to federal. So the DEA has my case and it's moved from this jurisdiction in our County of San Luis Obispo to Los Angeles. And um, our case, I can't speak a lot on it, but it will it has been pushed and pushed and pushed. And a lot of that has to do, I, I believe through COVID, um, but now we, it looks like March of 2023. In March, 2023, it'll be three years that he's gone. 
so is he in jail right now? No. And don't ask me why, <laughs> because I don't understand, honestly, the system. But um, he was arrested. He posted bail on the state level. He was rearrested um, federally and then posted bond and is released right now. Does he face a murder charge and drug charges? Yes. So the charges are, um, well, I don't know, honestly, what the charges are going to be for, I think it's death by distribution federally. On the state level, it was second degree murder. And, um, you know, a lot of states, and that brings me to another point, you know, states don't have a drug-induced homicide law. There's 25 states that do, and there's 25 states that don't, and California is one that doesn't. But, you know, each county or DA or prosecutor, they can, you know, go for that. They can um, charge someone with a drug-induced homicide if they choose to. Did they find that he was involved in other deadly overdoses as well? I don't know that. I really don't know that at this point. What was your reaction when you and your ex-husband found out and, and your sons, other sons found out that it was due to fentanyl? Um, you know, they found out before me, it was very difficult. Um, and I, and I don't know why I think it was shock. I didn't want to know. Um, I basically put my hands over my ears and I just said, please don't tell me it doesn't matter to me. You know, my son is gone. Um, when I did find out, I, you know, people were texting me that day, why would Emilio die of an overdose? I didn't know he did drugs. And I said, he didn't do drugs. Like, you know, so I questioned my children and they said, mom, it was one pill. And I said, well, you know, I knew immediately my brain somehow registered and, you know, all of my tangled grief um, that, how are you telling me he took one pill and he's dead? nobody dies of just taking one pill and how is that an overdose and you know they said it's fentanyl and I I did not know what fentanyl was I didn't know the drug culture I didn't know anything about it so my my words that came out of my mouth were heroin he was taking heroin and they said no mom we said fentanyl and I said that doesn't make sense. I said, I don't even know what fentanyl is. It's, it's a pill. And so I, a few days later, I started Googling, you know, of course, everything and started seeing that it was very dangerous, extremely fatal. Um, it was nothing to be messing around with. And somehow it's gotten into the drug supply and somehow it's become, it's uh, being made into counterfeit pills to make, to look like Xanax, Oxy, Percocet, MDMA, Adderall. Um, and then, you know, I started question, questioning why, what is going on? 
and um, it just started meeting other parents and, you know, talking to the district attorney here and um, trying to get as much information as I can and, you know, channel this grief, which was consuming me. It still does, but, you know, how do I channel this grief and let people know my community here that my son loved so much um, know what has happened to him and how can I give this information so that does, this does not happen to another family. So knowing what you know now, what do parents listening need to know about fentanyl and the severity of this drug? You know, it's extremely lethal, two milligrams. You know, it's like size of uh, salt grains. You know, you could fit the tiny, tiny amount on the tip of a pencil, and that's lethal. Um, you know, we use the word, this is not an overdose. And so we try to break that stigma because this isn't an overdose, overdose, this is a poisoning. You know, an overdose is taking too much of something. And you have that knowledge that you're, you're taking too much of something. But this is deceit. This is, you know, you're being deceived to death and you're given a substance that you don't know. You know, my son had such a heart of gold and he, just would talk to everybody and you know he thought this person was trying to help him and he believed them and he took this pill because he needed pain relief and he was deceived to death and these drug dealers are peddling poison and you know so you know first of all it's really important to use the correct verbiage and instead of saying this is an overdose this is a poisoning um, you know, parents need to talk to their kids, you know, during COVID, um, I know that a lot of children suffered from anxiety and not being able to, uh, be around their friends and in a social environment that led to other type of maybe mental health problems for our teens and, and young adults. And that was unfortunate. And so what did they have they had a computer or a smartphone and honestly every person can have a drug dealer at their fingertips um, and parents need to know that they need to know that with a smartphone you can pull up snapchat which is one of the you know i've rallied in front of snapchat headquarters asking them to put monitors and stop allowing um, this type of, you know, secrecy, it's like a secrecy on, on Snapchat. Um, and we've asked them to do that. And, you know, I don't know what has come about. I have not been following it lately. Um, but I think it's still running the same way you can, I have watched things go on on Snapchat and you can purchase just about anything on there. And I, I have a friend, uh, several friends where they, pulled it up on Snapchat and met the person, you know, down the street. Um, you know, so this isn't just something that happens in, you know, a city or this, this happens anywhere, you know, it, just with the click of a button, 
I mean, it's here in Hawaii, unfortunately. I mean, the DEA just said that we got a shipment of, you know, the colorful rainbow uh, fentanyl. So it appeals to children because it looks like candy. For children listening, can you say something to them about what they need to look out for? The children? Mm -hmm. You know, I, what we tell kids, if, if you see these things at school or your friends are, you know, never touch it. Um, you know, there's conflicting information. If you can touch it, does it get absorbed in your skin? You know, maybe it breaks apart and you inhale it. Um, that can be dangerous. So we tell them, you know, if it is not coming from your parents, from your doctor, out of your own prescription bottle, you do not take it. Absolutely. 100%. You know, and I, I, and I also feel that parents need to just talk to their children more and ask them, you know, how are they feeling today? What is going on in their lives? Is there anything that may be leading them, you know, into something that's not going to have the best outcome? Um, It's just so dangerous today. And, you know, honestly, I just called the coroner um, here in San Luis Obispo and I keep up, you know, up on the statistics and he read off, you know, you know, fentanyl or fentanyl with cocaine or fentanyl in a pill, you know, all the deaths that have occurred. And he didn't list heroin. And heroin used to be a pretty bad problem. But there's really no more heroin anymore. Because it is like 80% fentanyl in the illicit drug supply so you're really playing russian roulette with a loaded gun you know you you don't want to take anything um there's been a lot of cases that um it's been sprayed in marijuana or laced in marijuana so the words we use if it's in marijuana or cocaine or heroin we say lace if it's in a pill then it's a counterfeit pill you know, it, it's not lacing a pill. It's just a counterfeit pill because what they do is they mix it up and then they press it with a pill press. And we're and- not trying to scare anybody, but this is, it's a reality and, and it's an unfortunate, tragic reality. Um, and with, you know, Halloween coming up soon, I know parents are talking a lot about like, oh my gosh, like, should we be scared about what people are putting in our kids' bags or candies? And I mean, I wanted to ask you, should they be afraid of that or is that too much? You know, and I don't like to incite fear and, um, you know, get people all hyped up. But, you know, of course, if I was to rewind and have the information now and have younger kids and I would be, you know, cautious, um, but not to incite fear, but yeah, 100% cautious, you know, and these programs should be in the schools, you know, um, and they should be talking about it in schools as well. You know, Halloween is coming up or you're sending a flyer home with, uh, you know, to the parents and just having those talks with your kids, which is so important, you know, and I thought I did, you know, I, I didn't have any problems with Emilio. I mean, he was just a great kid and he worked two jobs and, you know, did he try marijuana? Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't something I worried about and he really wasn't doing it because he was older and he was going into, wanted to go into the military. 
And so that wasn't any type of issues. And so, you know, don't say not my child, because if you had asked me this, I may have said, I may have been that mother that would have said, you know, no, my kids aren't doing anything like that, but it, it can happen to anybody. And it's just being alert, being cautious, educating yourself, maybe monitoring their social media. Um, I think that's a good idea. Um, you know, but it is pouring in. And, and I think we have the same, same DEA group because the one that's handling this area handles Hawaii and they're fantastic. I went, I had such a, the pleasure of going to DC in June and um, for the first family summit and got to meet the DEA agents there. And um, that was really nice. And I'm going to another one in November. So you are pushing to close the border because that's where the big problem is. That's where it's coming from. Correct. Yeah. Can you explain more about that? Yes. You know, I mean, it's a gaping hole in our border and um the amount of people that are coming through is, it's pretty crazy. And um, I've gone down there to the border. I have talked to people and, you know, it is a crisis on both sides and, you know, to protect our children and the children there, because along with the drug problem, there is the problem of human trafficking and sex trafficking. Um, so I firmly believe in that. Um, and it's not to become political, but it's just the facts of what's going on, you know, um, and, you know, and people get really into the political party and who believes in what, but, you know, my son didn't even get a chance to pick a political party. Um, you know, I just say it's going to affect both sides, Democrats, Republicans, independents you know, it doesn't matter what socioeconomic class you come from. This is truly an epidemic. And it's the number one killer of 18 to 40 year olds. And they are starting to say that they're seeing that number drop maybe to 15 year olds. And that's not right. You know, 15 year olds, 18 year olds, they're not supposed to die at all. You know, my son should be here. Um, Carmen, I know that you have um, a lot of goals, but what is your ultimate goal? I mean, I know that you've already met with uh, lawmakers. You talked about DC. What's your ultimate goal and to keep your son's memory alive? Well, you know, so we formed a foundation called the Emilio Velsi Share Aloha Project. I wanted to do something different here in California. And a lot of people in our small town know us because we come from Hawaii and there's four boys and you know, and they brought that culture, we brought that culture with us here. And, um, you know, nobody wears shoes in my house here, you know, so um, they know all about um, the Hawaiian culture. And uh, so we do once a year an evening of aloha. We have Hawaiian food, my family comes out, we have fresh flowers flown in from Hawaii. Um, my nieces dance hula and we do also a fashion show. I work with a, a lady here. Um, her name is Farron Elizabeth. She owns a, a clothing shop. So we do a full uh, fashion show. And then my sister uh, comes up and she does, um, we she does a little 
Hawaiian store called, my son's Hawaiian name was Peel. So she does Peel's Island Delights and she um, has her little um, store at our event. But what we do is we raise money and we give all the money back to scholarships here. Um, and then we provide education and curriculums to the schools um, or to any organization that wants us to come and speak. Um, the children here, the seniors here, they have to write a 500 word essay to um, the Aloha Project and say, what does Aloha mean to you? And how can you live that in your life? Um, and the schools have been really amazing working with us and um, sharing Emilio's love um, for his fellow man and, and his community. And, um, you know, just that spirit of Aloha that he exuded and he possessed. So that's what we do here. And we're hoping um, to do a chapter in Honolulu in Hawaii um, sometime soon. I'm working with my sister on that because she lives there. Um, it's, you know, not too hard for me to fly back and forth. And we would like to do that and bring scholarships um, to the kids of Hawaii. Is all of this a part of healing for you? Um, I just can't imagine how much pain you and your family have endured. Um, and I don't believe, you know, I mean, you could take that pain away. It all always remain with you. But all of this thing, the things that you are doing, has it helped to heal you? Or are you doing it as a way to heal yourself as well? Yes, you know, I think it is, um, you know, and you're absolutely correct. The pain never goes away. You know, there. I don't think there's a day since he's been gone that I have not cried. It's just been two years and seven months, um, just recent. And I still cry every day. I, you know, he was my youngest, he was my baby. And, um, you know, he just, if there was a kid that had it all, he had it all going for him. Um, but yes, absolutely. This has been a way of healing. And, um, you know, in, in untangling my grief, you know, and allowing me to do something in his honor and, you know, um, and do something for other people. He was so big on that. If you said, Emilio, I, I love your shirt. He was like, you want it, you know, that would be the fate. And he would take it off. I have people calling me to this day and say, I still have one of Emilio's shirts. Do you want it back? I still have Emilio's Michael Kors jacket. He gave it to me. Do you want it back? And I'm like, no, just keep it, you know, because that's who he was, you know, and he was so generous. And so this is, you know, keeping his memory alive, hopefully doing what he would do you know, and helping others. Um, he coached basketball at the teen center and he, um, he gave up his Saturdays and he coached there and he refereed there. Um, they were so kind, the, the teen center, the, the, the park, the, the local park here, uh, they did a, a night to remember him and hung up his Jersey and all of that. So yeah, it, it's, it is a way to channel that grief and 
make a difference and share the information so that no one has to go through this horrific tragedy. And you yourself are making a difference. And, you know, I just want to mahalo you again, um, you know, Cami, for um, having the courage to do what you're doing, um, taking the time out of your schedule, um, out of your personal life to make sure that this doesn't happen to other children and that parents don't have to go through what you went through. My heart goes out to you and your family. Thank you so much for all you're doing. And thank you so much for spreading awareness. It's really needed right now. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. And this is so important. And, you know, I just applaud you for, um, you know, bringing this to the forefront in, in Hawaii. It's, it's, it's good work. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you so much, Cami. Best wishes to you and your family and everybody else listening. Um, we'll have a story about this on our website, hawaiinewsnow.com. So please join us there. In the meantime, we'll see you next week with another episode. Thanks so much, Cami, again, and aloha. Yay.